grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Messiah Yeshua, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Messiah was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Yeshua Mashiach, our Lord. May God bless that portion from his word. By way of introduction, Corinth was a major city, the capital of the province of Achaia, and it was called the glory of Greece. There were all kinds of people living in Corinth. There were Roman colonists, there were Greeks, there were Jews, and multiple nationalities. The Greeks were notorious for their love of speculation, their love of pleasure, their vanity, and their party spirit. The Jewish citizens were notorious for legalism and independence of authority. They weren't easily brought into line. In Corinth, these influences combined with philosophies, false teachings, cults, refined heathenism, Stoics and Epicureans and in the midst of all this melting pot of nationalities there was a flourishing Kehila not yet fully permeated with the gospel. That's by way of introduction. Our first paragraph is Verses 1 to 3, Shaul's salutation to the believers. He used his name Paul, although his original name was Saul, but speaking, speaking to those who were not Jews, he used his Greek name, Paul. In verse 1, 
Paul, called to be an apostle of Yeshua Mashiach through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. He emphasizes the fact that he was called to be an apostle of Yeshua HaMashiach. It was a divinely bestowed calling and apostle means someone who has been sent. He was a divinely appointed messenger of the gospel. He had with him a brother in the Lord and a fellow laborer, Sosthenes. And in the name of Paul and Sosthenes, greetings were extended to the assembly of believers in Corinth. They probably didn't have buildings set aside for the gospel. They probably met together in homes. An example of this is in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the Kehillah daily those who were being saved. That describes the gatherings of the believers in the Holy Land. They met in homes and in open spaces. In his salutation in verse 2, he speaks to the Kehillah of God, which is that current to those who are sanctified in Messiah Yeshua. Sanctified comes from a word which means set apart. In the book of Psalms, Psalm number 4 and verse 3, David writes, Know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly, for himself. Sanctified means cleansed. It means separated for God and for his service. And those who are sanctified are sanctified in Messiah, that is, in union with Messiah. Just as Shaul was called to be a shaliach or an apostle. So he addresses the believers. He says to them, you have been called to be saints, brought to salvation and made saints by God. Saints are those who have repented 
and believe the gospel and who are children of God as Barry read to as many as received them received him to them he gave the authority to be called the sons of God saints are those that are holy to God in Isaiah 43 God describes his believing people. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, You are mine. That describes the believer. And again in Isaiah 43, verse 21. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. That describes you and me, brothers and sisters. We have been set apart by God for himself. And he says, this people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. He's addressing the believers in the city of Corinth, but he's also including all other believers. It was a tactful reminder that they were part of a larger body of believers. He goes on to the salutation in verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua Mashiach. Grace here means graciousness, favor, loving esteem, and kind help. And grace and peace are invoked by Shaul on the Corinthian believers. Grace means undeserved favor and he wishes the believers to experience God's undeserved favor and his peace. Peace is the fruit of of grace. It's something that flows from the grace of God. The salutation in verses 1 to 3 leads us on to verses, the next paragraph, verses 4 through 9, in which Shaul 
thanks God in their behalf in spite of what he has to say by way of reproof in this letter he speaks the truth in love and he says in verse 4 I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Messiah Yeshua a friend loveth at all times says the book of Proverbs and Shaul loved these Corinthian believers for all their faults for all their failings his attitude was that of unconditional love brotherly love Romans chapter 1 verse 8 Romans 1 verse 8 First I thank my God through Yeshua Mashiach for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He was constantly thanking God for the believers for those who had been saved through faith in Messiah. The reason for his thanks is because God had given them his blessing and his grace. His grace was something that was lasting. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, Philippians 4 verse 8, Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me these do and the God of peace will be with you that was the grace of God which was in them which was given to them they were new creatures in Messiah and he goes on to describe in verse 5 that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. Richly endowed with what they did not possess before. You were enriched by him. They were bankrupt sinners but God in his mercy saved them let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, in trespasses, made us alive together with Messiah. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Messiah Yeshua. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Plenty of reason to thank God for the believers. We have many faults, but we can also thank God that he has brought us into his eternal salvation through Messiah and that God gives us richly all utterance and all knowledge. Every gift of utterance, including prophecy, teaching, witness, different tongues, God-given utterances. God enriched them with the ability to spread the knowledge of God's salvation. All spiritual understanding. Verse 6, Even as the testimony of Messiah was confirmed in you in proportion to their real and living experience of salvation and of union with Messiah he thanks God that they give satisfactory proof that they have been transformed verse 7 so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach. As a direct consequence of true faith in the gospel, they lacked nothing and 
they, with all other believers, were eagerly awaiting the Lord's return. You come behind, you come short in no gift, waiting for Messiah's return. That is what characterizes a true believer. Faith in our Lord Yeshua, who gave his life for us, who emptied his veins for us on the cross. That's what characterizes a believer. Two things, the joy of salvation and the keen anticipation of the return of Messiah. And he assures them in verse 8 that God, who has begun a good work, will not leave us half halfway, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach. God who begins a good work in the believing heart will never give over working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure as Shaul writes to the Philippians. Once saved, eternally saved. And that's how he ends his Thanksgiving, God willing, another time we will see what it is that he has to reprove them about. He says in another letter to them, it was with anguish of heart and with many tears that he reproved them. The proof of true love is that We are ready, even though it hurts us, to put our brother or sister straight on whatever the matter might be. And true love will not shirk the pain and the responsibility of cautioning fellow believers but we'd have to stop there God willing next time we'll continue with our reading in 1 Corinthians but for now shall we thank God together our loving Heavenly Father we thank you for the love that will not let us go We thank you that you will fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in your kindness toward us through Messiah Yeshua. We thank you for him who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen.